folks, it's time. Or rather, it's about time. Literally, we're talking about time today. Welcome to Infinity Rewatch. I'm Andrew Fantasia, and this... Oh! Tell us who you are. What's up, everybody? My name is Ryan J. Whitehead. That was really good. I, you know, I really need to just take a moment and appreciate your genius <laughs> on the pun that it's about time. Not only that it's about time, but it is legit about time. It has two meanings. <laughs> it, oh, brilliant. I always love a good pun, dude. Like when it's well timed like that, you just can't help but just appreciate it. We should make uh, like some kind of movie that's just all bad jokes. Oh. <laughs> oh man the the dad jokes yeah style. i would love that yeah that'd be a fun time yeah oh man yes totally how are you today sir i'm doing well man so today i am really excited because we're talking about the uh the screen times on on movies um this is a bit of a tricky one because this is not something i normally pay attention to but i know you are a big you're a big screen time guy. Like this is something you actually like you like like when a movie comes out, guys, and you get excited about the trailer and everything, and you're like, yeah, oh my god, the trailer. Um, this this man here, Mr. Mr. Fantasia himself, he will legit message you in excitement about the screen time of the movie, which to me is the most bizarre thing. But I mean, it makes sense when you're like when something like Avengers comes out and you hear it's like three hours long, because you know it's just gonna be you know, WrestleMania for three hours of like just superhero throwdown. So that's what you want. But it's something you don't think about when you think of just like a superhero movie, like, I don't know, Captain America. Like you don't, you just don't think about it. You just want to, you just want to see it. So I find that very funny, but also very exciting that we're going to be talking about it today. Yeah. Long screen times have always, they've been like catnip to me. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, mm-hmm. Maybe it goes back to like, when I was first introduced to movies as like a toddler and my mom would have her VHS collection, there'd be some of them, you know, like the Godfather where it's like, there's two VHS tapes in this box. And I'm like, why is that? And my mom would explain like, cause it's a long movie and that would blow my mind. I'm like, there's movies that can be really long. Like I, I, I guess that's where it started. Um, and they, I just get really excited when something I'm looking forward to is going to be long. Cause I guess it means, I guess I get to spend a whole lot more time with those people and those characters in those worlds. And I, like, I've, I've had this debate before with a lot of people about how like, there's nothing wrong with a short movie. Short movies are not automatically bad movies, but when a movie starts cutting into those really long run times, it's usually because it's something special. Usually because the movie itself is a special case, like, like something like Endgame or Titanic, or it's because the director has something special that he or she wants to say and they need like Chris Nolan makes long movies and he also makes great movies and movies that make you think and movies that you talk about afterwards. He doesn't make 90 minute movies. Uh, so those kind of things excite me. They get, they get me like hyped up. And I still remember, cause when I used to work at the movie theater uh, as a teenager, we used to get these like little sheets, just like a, a little like photocopy sheet of like what was playing in each theater and what time each show started. So, you know, if somebody walks up to me and they're like, when can I watch Terms of Endearment? I'd be like, well, there's the next one starting at two o'clock. But with every theater, it also say the runtime of every movie. So my friends and I, 
went to uh, the theater one afternoon when X-Men 3 The Last Stand came out. And we're, we're all pumped, right? We're like, X-Men 3! And we went to the ticket operator who was my coworker. And I was like, hey, man, can I see your sheet for a second? And he's like, yeah. And he handed it to me. And I looked because I wanted to see the runtime. Um, I guess we couldn't Google stuff back then or whatever. So I look at the runtime of this thing. And the X-Men 3 runtime was real short. It was like an hour short for a superhero movie, at least. It was like an hour 46. So it was like a half hour shorter than X-Men 2. And I can't tell you how much that bummed me out, even before going into the theater. I was like, oh, man, that's that's not what I wanted to hear. And then, you know, that was just the first disappointment of the day, as you can yeah. <laughs> it, it makes a difference to me. It really makes a difference. Um, and I, I'm glad we, we get this, this podcast to talk about it. And I know I'm probably the only person who cares about runtimes, but they, they do matter in a small, uh, small way. Uh, but before we talk about the podcast, I got a little bonus uh, about the about the runtime. I got a little bonus subject I wanted to bring up today, Ryan. And I yes, you you texted me about this. So what's this bonus question you so have? This for me? bonus question is this. So to everybody out there, you can all rest easy. You can all take a nice, deep, satisfying breath because Andrew has finished Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have finished oh, it. Oh. It is Ryan. Ryan, oh Ryan can die happy now. He's gonna. <laughs> yeah, it is a beautiful yeah. cartoon. It is very fun, very gorgeous to look at. Uh, bright and colorful. Lots of Marvel characters. Great show. Um, and because Disney Plus has pretty much all the Marvel cartoons, what I started doing now is I went back and I'm like, I gotta watch '90s Spider-Man again because it's been too long. And it got me thinking about how Mm -hmm. in the 90s, we had the cartoon Marvel Universe, right? We had the Spider-Man, X-Man, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Hulk, and Silver Surfer, and they all kind of connected. And that was what we all grew up on. That was our bread and butter as Marvel fans in the 90s, right? And every kid, you could go to school and every kid knew at least one of those cartoons, right? I think that's a fair assessment. It was was everywhere. Of course. Yeah. Um, and what it got me thinking of is how, like today, you know, I, I talk with my students who are who are all roughly the same age we were when we were enjoying these shows, and not a single one of them talks about Marvel cartoons. They only ever talk about the MCU, which they're all crazy blasphemy. about. Absolute blasphemy. And it makes me think. I'm like, what can marvel and dc cartoons be or primarily marvel at least like what can marvel cartoons be today in order to stay relevant because in the 90s that was all we had man like we're we get to see you know spider-man team up with wolverine to fight the hobgoblin because that was the only place that was ever going to happen for us and now you not only have it happening in the movies but arguably like way better written than any of these cartoons have been um, with amazing acting with terrific, like the costumes are all legit. It all looks like it. You know, it's not like X-Men one where it's all just black suits. So it looks like it, it feels like it, it sounds like it. And it's all incredible and and better and well, well crafted. What 
could the cartoons possibly offer now in 2021? What can a Marvel cartoon possibly offer to make people want to watch it? And I'm stumped. I really don't know. Like if I was put in charge of this, I don't know what I would do. Um, well, uh, okay. So, you know, it's funny. I was actually talking about this on my stream, on my stream, uh, on Twitch and it, it did bring up an interesting question because with the MCU where it's at today, it's just unquestionably like a cartoon. It's hard to rival that experience and get the same amount of hype. However, you did watch Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which in the end was an amazing cartoon. Like the stories they tell in that yeah. do differ differ a lot from the MCU. Um, uh, but I still think cartoons are very relevant. I, in fact, there are different ways I would approach it. Uh, one of the things I would do is I would actually focus on comic book stories um, and I would do like kind of offshoot comic book series that people haven't heard of. Mm. Um, in fact, one of the ones I really like that they could do is I would do a series that doesn't necessarily connect like a traditional cartoon series. Um, what I would do is uh, Marvel's YouTube, uh, Marvel's YouTube channel. They have a series called uh, Marvel uh, TLDR. So too long to, or yeah, TLTR, too long to read. Um, and they do a little episode about one of the comics, uh, why you should read one of the comics. And I think as a cartoon show, uh, I would, I would do something like that. And, and what I would do is like, okay, here's a story about She-Hulk and then set up the narrative and like, and do exactly what Stan Lee did in the early Fantastic Four cartoons, where he would actually narrate what's about to happen in the cartoon and then he, and then he'd be like, uh, he's like, face front, true believers. Let's see how the Fantastic Four gets through this. And I would, I would do the same thing, where I would narrate the comic book story and set you up, being like, okay, you know, at this point, She Hulk has been a part of the Fantastic Four, and this is what she did, and and here's a story that she did, and and then go through it. Um, so that's how I would do it, because again, I think, I think the difference is, is cartoons back then told a great story, which was. Compartmentalized from the the comic books, but their goal was to usually sell merchandise, mm -hmm. right? Whereas now I would do the opposite, where I would do the cartoon to serve the purpose of the comic, and and I would either tell a specific issue or I would actually just do a whole graphic novel about it. But I still think there are ways to do it. Uh, and what I loved about Earth's Mightiest Heroes was that you got villains that you'll probably never see in the MCU. Like, you got Reaper, and yeah. that's a great villain, and yet you hardly saw him. You got MODOK, which was really well done. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there are villains that we... There are villains that we haven't seen yet, but at the same time, there are more villains in the cartoons that you could use, uh, and it's really well done. I think that's a good way to do it, man, is connected to the comics more. Uh, mm -hmm. Get them, uh, like, I'm surprised. Uh, I haven't watched a whole lot of special features on the Marvel Blu-rays and such, but I'm surprised they don't mm -hmm. try to, like, really be like, hey, here's a whole bunch of comics you can read. If you like this Iron Man movie, here are, like, 20 great Iron Man comics over the years. Like, I'm surprised they don't do that more. 
It, you know, it blows my mind too because, in fact, the only time we've seen it uh, is more in video games. Mm. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the first one, um, they actually, when you played a comic book mission, they would load a comic book image mm -hmm. of the comic book it's it, they're pulling from. So I, I don't know why they don't do that more often. Um, I would also do uh, Marvel team-up episodes because Marvel had a comic book run called Marvel Team-Up where they just pair up different superheroes together and just tell these kind of one single story and that was it. And I, I would do a whole entire cartoon series on that. You know how many good Spider-Man Human Torch stories there are in that? Mm. There are a ton and they're so good. Oh, I can only imagine. So, yeah, so that's how I would do it. Now, fun fact about the cartoon that I should tell you about. They were going to do a season three. They were going to do it. A classic Marvel move. They were totally going to do season three. And guess what they were going to, what story they were going to tell. Well, they ended season two with Galactus. So I don't know how you top that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's even concept art for how they were going to top it. And it looked amazing, by the way. Just certain characters got newer costumes and all that Ooh. stuff. Um, Captain Marvel gets her, or sorry, Miss Marvel gets her Captain Marvel outfit. Um, but uh, they were going to do Civil War. Oh, wow. That's a great idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they dropped it and did this, did this, and I'm sorry, Marvel, I love you guys, but whatever, you, I don't even remember what kind of Avengers you call it, but they did another Avengers show, and it's more realistic looking, and uh, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's that, weird I, I saw that Avengers Assemble show. That's yes, the one, and I, yeah. I didn't watch any of it yet, but um, it looks like they're just trying to make it look like the MCU, and that is the most dangerous thing you can do. Yeah, just I. Uh, this is the problem, though, and I think it was smart of Marvel recently because even Marvel in the video game aspect thing said fi Marvel finally came out and said, like, look, we're going to stop making games that are related to the movies. Yeah. And I think absolutely like in the video games, in the cartoons, you could do so much more. So why would you why would you waste your creativity trying to relate it to the MCU to make kids watch it? Like, don't. Make it completely opposite. Go go deeper. Go crazier. Because in the cartoon, you can get away with it more. Yeah, exactly. I've, so I that's that's what I want to see more. Just craziness that's outside of what we know to make yeah. kids look at these characters in a different light and be like, "Ooh, cool! I didn't know you know Spider Man could do this." Uh, mm -hmm. And they yeah, they just got to play with that more. And I, I hope the the concept of a Marvel cartoon doesn't die out like i hope the mcu isn't so good that it, it it cannibalized itself because that would be a shame for kids not to grow up with that kind of thing well to be fair they they are doing a cartoon right they have cartoons on the go right now marvel what if is an animated oh, series yeah. yeah that counts you're right i forgot about what if yeah that's right. That's in August, man. We're we're going to be back on working schedule in June and then we're going to be working all the way through. I know. Yeah, Loki is coming. With a little soon. with a little respite in July because we only have Black Widow in the beginning and then like the rest of the month off. Um but to be fair though, June we're back on we're back on schedule. Yes. And that's good for me because in July I'm teaching two week-long summer camps and I'm filming a movie. So July's going to be yeah. crazy. I'm glad nothing's coming out except Black Widow. And speaking of Black Widow, we know that her movie is going to be two hours, 13 minutes, because they told us Ooh. a while ago. Uh, and that kind of helped inform some, some decisions. So in terms of the runtime rundown, 
I'm really curious. I can't wait to hear how different our answers are because I I could only approach it from like just criteria based on I, I research the directors and what they tend to do, what they tend not to do, what kind of story they seem to want to tell, etc. And I'm really curious because I, I know that there's going to be things in these movies that I'm not aware of that you're like, well, they're probably going to have to bring up X, Y, Z. So you would have a good idea of how long it would take for them to bring up X, Y, Z. Do they need less time? Do they need more? So I, I mm-hmm. think what I'm going to do is I'm going to record all of our answers and then we'll split the difference. So whatever, you know, if I say two hours and you say two hours, two minutes, then we'll split it for an average of two hours, one minute. And then eventually we'll see how close we came to, to all of this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm excited. Um, all right. So I have, I have my list lined up here and I basically have them in release order. Okay. So I have Shang-Chi, Eternals, Far From Home, Doctor Strange, Love and Thunder, Wakanda Forever, The Marvels, Quantumania, Guardians 3, and Fantastic Four. Okay. Yeah, right. that's fair. All right. So we're starting. Okay. So we're going to be starting with um, uh, Shang-Chi, right? Yes, sir. So I'll let you kick us off. Ryan, how long is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings going to be and Why? Why? <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say it's going to be about two hours and ten minutes. Two ten. All right. Solid two ten. I think now. Yes, you were right. And the way I look at this is, I look at this as what stories they need to tell for for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, I think the story is heavily going to surround. Uh, heavily going to surround the Mandarin. Um, and I think, so I think the beginning and the end is going to be the Mandarin. And I think the middle is going to be Song-Chi um, and becoming Song-Chi through that. Um, uh, so what stories I think you have to tell is of course, how, how he obtained and what are the 10 rings, because you need to tell the audience what the 10 rings mean to comic book fans. It's kind of a given, um, but, uh, but of course, the title even suggests the legend of the Ten Rings. So it's clear that we have to go on this journey and understanding. But that being said, I think it will be interesting to see. Perhaps I wonder if they're going to do what they did, what they could have done with Doctor Strange, and they're going to do it with the Ten Rings, which is like maybe it's alien technology that was adapted by Earth's cultures. Mm-hmm. So what we could see is, for example, we could see um, uh, Kunlun, and mm-hmm. uh, they could have one of the uh, Iron Fists, uh, and they have the ring because the ring is what taught them how to channel the Iron Fist. Right. You know what I mean? Like that kind of story evolution. Now, of course, guys, I know some of you, some of you fans out there, I should, sorry, I should say everyone. So uh, everyone, uh, everyone that's a fan out there, you could look at me and be like, come on, Ryan, like that seems kind of a cop out. But if you think about it, it's kind of smart because Doctor Strange, that's how like the shielding powers of the Vashanti was created. The Vashanti were aliens and they passed down the tech. So I think it would be kind of interesting to see that, you know, aliens or mystical forces um, put their power into these bands and uh, Manfred somehow got 
earned each one by challenging each one and then eventually got all 10 and then ran the world like that kind of thing. So you're going to be spending a lot of time. You're going to be spending a lot of time speaking to speaking to the legend of the 10 rings, but you also have to tell the story about how Mandarin became the Mandarin and how Song-Chi is going to be Song-Chi. Dude, if we see Kunlun, I'm going to go bananas. I'm going to be so happy. I want I want Kunlun. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, you know, you could... I know people probably don't want the Iron Fist, but you can at least mention the Iron Fist. I, I'm somebody as a fan, as a fan of the Iron Fist. I all I want at this point is just to is just to know that Iron Fist is real and in that world. That's all I want to know. I don't need to see the Iron Fist. It would be it would be cool if I did. Um, but I mean, Iron Fist has been many different characters. So I mean, it's a title. It's not a person. So. I mean, we all know Danny Rand Iron Fist, but we don't know about the other Iron Fists. There has been female Iron Fist. In fact, in the trailer, it kind of when you look in the comic of the Immortal Iron Fist, there is a character that looks similar um, to this to the woman in the in the show. So, who knows? And I mean, that's the very nature of Iron Fist is it's a legacy character, right? There have been Iron Fists throughout the generations, just like Ghost Rider. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like the and I, I could be wrong, but I think Shang-Chi came out around the same time as Heroes for Hire, like during that 70s Hong Kong exploitation, like it was cashing in on that big craze. So you mm -hmm. had the, uh, what's the Shang-Chi comic called? Masters of Kung Fu or something like that? Yeah, the Masters, Masters of Kung, of Kung Fu. Fu. Yeah. So I think they came out around the same time. So I'm imagining those two teamed up a bunch back in the day. I feel like... He did. He was a, he was a member of the Heroes for Hire. There you go. Perfect. So I feel like Iron Fist... It, like when you have characters who work well in pairs, I, I feel like they're saving him for the sequel. Kind of like how they saved Tails for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, they're saving mm -hmm. that for the, so that the poster of part two is like the two of them, you know, just kind of like <laughs> Lindsay Lohan with her twin and It Takes Two or whatever that movie was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I again, I think, I don't think we're going to see a lot of different group movies, like aside from Fantastic Four and the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think we're going to see heroes for hire the defenders like i don't think we're gonna see as many different groups as we think i think we're only gonna see the big ones which are like fantastic four x-men and the avengers like that's that's it mm -hmm. i don't think we're gonna and guardians is a kind of a one-off i'd be very surprised if they do a defenders or the heroes for hire but i think you could do song chi and the heroes for hire like you could do yeah. something like that yeah i think that's doable uh so you mm -hmm. go with 210 all right. I like your answer better than mine because yours is longer. I went with <laughs> <laughs> I went with Fair. two hours, three minutes. And my criteria was just this. I just looked up Destin Daniel Cretton, the director. Uh, all of his films were written and directed by him, which I like, um, including Shang-Chi. Um, and each one has continuously gotten longer and longer. His first film was his shortest. His last one before was his longest. So... I feel like with this one, it, with Shang-Chi, it could go either way because maybe he wants to keep making a bigger movie, but, you know, he's it's his first time working with Marvel. Maybe he wanted to, you know, start off small and play it safe. I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a lot in Shang-Chi, but I feel like it's also going to be very fast-paced. So I went mm -hmm. with a runtime that's kind of the same as, like, Iron Man 1. Because I feel like Iron Man 1 right. set up a lot of bowling pins in X amount of time. And I feel like Shang-Chi is going to do that. So I went with 203, but I like your answer much better. Uh, so we'll split the difference. So between 203 and 210, 
Ooh, math. I did not come prepared for math. <laughs> okay. Time to count on my fingers like a good schoolboy. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, two, uh, 2.07 is the difference. I was going to say, I would jump in and help you with the math, but I'm also equally terrible at math, <laughs> so I'm not even going to try. This would just become a four-hour-long podcast of us being like, oh, why not? <laughs> Carry the two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shang-Chi is in the can. Next up, tell us about Eternals. This one's going to be tough. Um, I recently saw the director's work. First of all, this is going to be Marvel's first Oscar award-winning director. Um, So this is going to be a pretty big deal. Um, Chloe Zhao, uh, or yeah, I think it's Chloe Zhang or Chloe Zhao. Chloe Zhao, yeah. Chloe Zhao. Um, She, I watched her last movie, Nomad, Nomad's Land. uh, And... I will say that this is probably going to be a long one. I think I I'm batting for about two two minutes. Sorry, two hours and forty three minutes. <gasps> wow! Oh, yeah. you just blew my mind. Why? Why? Tell me. <laughs> okay, because here's the thing: we know nothing, nothing about the Eternals. Uh-huh. Absolute nothing, zilch, nada. And here's the thing: this is an epic cast yeah this is a lot of players okay not only do we have the eternals but we have cersei within the eternals uh played by the incredible Gemma chan and um and in the avengers 80s comics which we know kevin feige loves to kind of take something from the silver age and then bring it to the ultimate age and kind of find a middle ground Mm -hmm. Um, which my brother, my brother, I will say both both loves that he that he does a callback to that, but he's not truly a fan of the ultimate. So it's kind of this, it's an, it's a very delicate line to be walking on. Um, but Kevin Feige seems to find a way to, to keep walking down that path. Um, the, and so based on that, in the '80s run, Cersei has a very good story arc with the Black Knight, which we know is in the Eternals as well. Um, and the reason why I bring up her last movie that she won an Oscar for, that movie takes a lot of time, a lot of what I call still moments, where you kind of really just embrace the character's day-to-day. Um, and it's not a lot of words. Like uh, in, in Nomad's Land, there's a lot of scenes where it's just the person going through their paces. Um, but it tells an incredibly rich story through that. So I think with this director, especially with the Eternals, not only will we get a lot of history in this movie, but I think we're going to get a lot of what I call still moments um, where we kind of see these uh, really powerful gods um, walk the earth. Uh, And again, there's not much I can say about the Eternals. I don't know much about them. Um, But if it's anything like the new gods or the the gods of Apocalypse, then you're definitely going to kind of want to you're definitely going to kind of want to spend time of what it's like being in their worlds so with the eternals i'm thinking of the same thing and plus these characters have a lot of history of being at conflict with each other so there's a lot of relationships you got to establish define conflict and resolve or not resolve but at least you got to have a conflict there so it's going to take a long time it's going to take a long time that being said will people be bored no 
Chloe did mention, though, in interviews I have seen that she did say that this is a big risk for Marvel. This is a very different kind of film. Mm -hmm. So that statement alone tells me that that she is rightfully so going to take her time with this movie. And that's why I give it the time it has. And I will also say that her pitch to Kevin Feige about this movie, he was beyond impressed. So... Dude, that got me. That got me more excited for Eternals than anything ever has. Just <laughs> that those five minutes that you just spent speaking right now got me more excited for Eternals. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so you say two. I haven't even talked about like the Black Knight story yet, and his story is epic, epic story. If you if you like Jon Snow and you love watching Game of Thrones, you haven't seen nothing yet with the Black Knight. That dude has lived a painful life. Is he painful? You think he's going to sound like Jon Snow? You think he's going to walk I around? Think, I think he will. <laughs> it's like Kid Harrington's right here with us recording. Um, uh, you know what? Actually, okay, quick bet. Quick bet right now. Uh-huh. At some point in the movie, he's going to say, No, I don't. And it's, <laughs> no, I don't. I want to be a ranger of the North. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to sleep with my aunt already. Come on. <laughs> uh, 2.43. That makes me so happy that that's what you went for for 2.43. Because you, you, right off the top, first words out of your mouth were, this was a hard one. And dude, like you're preaching to the choir. This was the hardest one for me to, to guess the runtime for. Because given the subject matter, which I also know very little about, but it just, from what I gather, it's this sprawling you know, millennia long epic about multiple mm-hmm. characters we've never met before. It screams long to me. It screams it long. On the flip side of that, I'm looking up Chloe Zhao and I'm like, okay, her films aren't unusually long. They're all pretty average in length. And then I, I looked at Guardians of the Galaxy Part 1 which also introduced a crazy amount of Marvel lore we had no idea existed with all these brand new characters in a team setting with a huge cast. And it was relatively quick. It was like 201. So I thought, are they like, are they going to go all the way with Eternals with the same amount of faith that they went all the way with Endgame? And I wasn't sure if Marvel would do that, I want them to, I want your answer to be right. Um, so I played it uncharacteristically safe for myself. And I said, no, take risks. Uh, no, I said two hours and six minutes. Boo. I, I'm right there with you. I'm booing myself in my head. Um, just because I was not sure what like i i know nothing about this i i really am in the dark in eternals and because you know on a scale of like marvel fandom one to ten maybe i'm like a nine i don't know so i'm like if me a nine doesn't know anything about eternals that's eight tiers beneath me of people who don't know anything about eternals is is feige really gonna let them make a gargantuan movie when only the 10 out of 10s are are going into this, knowing who they're talking about. And it really just kind of threw me in this loop. I was second guessing myself. I want this to be ginormous. 
Um, so I want to be wrong, but I tried to approach it as cold and studio like as I could. Uh, and I, um, yeah, I went with 206, but I hope I'm very wrong. And when we split the difference between us, it comes out to two hours, 29 minutes. So not too fair, not too shut. It's about right. I think that's the runtime for infinity war, which is, is a good chunky movie. So that's not too shabby. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, and then we come to Mr. Peter Parker, who is close to his house. Wait, I lied. He's not. He's exactly the opposite. <laughs> In fact, he's just there's just no way home for him. No, no way home at all. Oh man, um, ooh, this is a tough one, dude. This is this this is a hard one. <laughs> Because at the time of this recording, the rumors for this movie is just it's just all over the place. Like, we can't count on these rumors for a goddamn thing. Like they were no help no. when it came to this. They were no help. No. Um, I mean, I mean, I I actually couldn't really come up with an answer for this one, and I'm I'm still gonna guess. I'm still gonna give an answer for it, but I really pondered. I really pondered Mm -hmm. because here's the thing far from home was how long far from home was like two hours far from home was was a little more than two hours. It was, I, Oh, I don't have the old run times anymore to, to show you, but, uh, it was, it was shorter than homecoming. It was shorter than shorter than homecoming. I'll tell you one second. I think homecoming was like two sixteen, and far from home was like two Oh nine or something. Okay, so here's the thing. What I will say is that Far From Home, um, uh, Far From Home was like, Far From Home was was long, but you were getting almost two movies in one because mm-hmm. you had the one movie where it's like it's like Marvel team up Spider Man Mysterio. Then you got another movie where it's Spider Man versus Mysterio. And like Chris Claremont said about the Phoenix saga is you can't tell that kind of story in one movie and, and convey the complexity of the Phoenix and Jean Grey and the relationship between them. Like you just, you do not, you cannot possibly tell that story in one massive movie. You need to be, it's a trilogy in itself. You need to have, you need to establish who Jean Grey is and and her relationships with characters in one movie alone. Then you need to do the Phoenix Saga in the second movie, which, by the way, has like epic alien battles, um, you know. And then on top of that, it's it's got a story about Charles meeting an alien race, falling in love. Like, there's all these layers. So when you look at Spider-Man: Far From Home, this is a movie that that first of all, we don't know how many movies or at this point, we don't know. We don't know if there's going to be more movies than than what we're getting. Yeah. We know that he was going to get. He's going to finish his trilogy, and he had a, a two or one more group film. But we don't know now because Disney Disney Plus announced that they have Spider Man, and they're going to be able to put Spider Man onto Disney Plus. So we don't know if that means there's been a new deal, um, and on top of that, like what that means for Spider Man. 
if I had to guess, though, at the time of making this movie, th as far as they knew, this was like the last one. So if you're going to go in, you're going to go pretty hard in. Now, I always kind of I would never say a movie is going to be about three hours. I just don't see a Marvel movie being that long because Kevin Feige says really, really his two hour rule is pretty strict most of the time. Like a movie should never exceed about two hours, I think, uh, except for Avengers for obvious reasons. But most movies kind of idle right either just over two hours or just under two hours. But it's always within that range. Mm -hmm. um, so for this movie, uh, I would I would like to say it's it's going to be like Eternals that long. But but Spider-Man has a really fast pace to its films all the time. So my batting average is probably going to be two hours and 15 minutes and I'm going to say that as my definitive answer, but I wouldn't, I would also say guys, like if it goes around 220, I'm going to say I'm still right because I just imagine that gap of five minutes. It's going to be somewhere in and around there. 215. Okay. I, you know what? No, I'll make it official. 217, 217. somewhere around there. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. 217. So that would put it, I think like a minute longer than homecoming. I think, I think homecoming's around there um maybe maybe i like that and you're right like with no way home it's so tricky because again i'm trying to look at what we know about it versus what we know about spider-man movies versus what we know about uh john watts movies and i look back and i'm like okay sam raimi's trilogy kept mm -hmm. each one kept getting longer spider-man 3 was the longest one it was 219 but even at 219, it still managed to shortchange a character. Venom got yeah. totally shortchanged. So I'm like, okay. It still managed to shortchange a character. And from the sounds of things, this movie is full of characters. Again, allegedly. Uh, bring your salt to this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so then I looked at uh, a movie I haven't watched, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 which is a few minutes longer than Spider-Man 3. It's in around like the 222 uh, chunk. It's apparently the longest Spider-Man movie that's been made. Mm -hmm. And again, from what I hear, I haven't watched it, they did the same thing to the Rhino. They shortchanged him in that movie. So with all the characters allegedly that we are getting, I don't want them to make the same mistake. However, I don't know how long they're willing to go because like you said, Spider-Man is very fast paced. And as much as I would love it, the idea of a two hour and you know 49 minute Spider-Man movie, it just doesn't sound right. It just doesn't sound like something that would be made. And I understand mm -hmm. that. So to, to kind of cover my, my odds here, I went very close to where you went. I went with 221. Uh yeah yeah see you're batting the same yeah. you're batting for the same ballpark We're in the I am. same ballpark oh, yeah I, I figured it should at least be the longest one of this Tom Holland trilogy it should be the mm -hmm. longest mm -hmm. uh, because we have we're in a situation that I don't think we've been in with Spider-Man movies so far which is we don't really know what they're drawing from and I don't think they're really drawing from anything. With Spider-Man 3, we knew they're they're drawing from, you know, with, with every Spider-Man movie, we know they're kind of drawing from the origin stories of whatever villain that shows up. But then with 3 in particular, we knew we were also getting Harry Osborn taking up his dad's mantle and the whole symbiote 
saga somehow meshed into one movie. So we kind of and Sandman, and Sandman, and Sandman murdering, yeah. yeah. So we kind of had ideas of what they were cherry picking, like even Amazing Spider-Man one, um, the whole Kirk Connors, and then with part two, the death of Gwen Stacy, and setting up all that. This doesn't feel, and again, I haven't read everything, so maybe I'm wrong. This doesn't feel like any of the stories at all. This feels completely out of like this feels like if you told me Andrew make an X-Men movie so I made a movie where Beast and Wolverine have a barbecue and at the last second they forget they didn't bring the meat so they're running around town trying to find meat and all the stores are closed like that that's what this plot feels like it's like what where is where is we going with this Jacob Batalon is still the guy in the chair but he might be Hobgoblin like what is happening so I I had to just guess purely from an outside of the story perspective that's why I went with with something long but something reasonable. Yeah, no, I think that's, I, yeah, you and I are definitely, you know, batting for the cages here um, in the sense that, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be long, but it's still going to be reasonable and it's got to have a pace. It's mm-hmm. got to keep a pace going throughout the entire movie. And, um, you know, it's funny how you say, I like how you say, like, we don't know where it's pulling from. I actually personally think it is pulling from the MCU and then adding Spider-Man characters to it. Because it's not about it's not about creating origin stories. It's not doing the same formula as just like doing a, an origin story and then shoehorning it in. It's legit going like, okay, we have Spider-Man now in the MCU. What is his world like in the MCU? Uh, well, okay, yeah. let's make him have a young aunt. Let's make him, you know, obviously let's make him going to high school. Uh, and then, of course, okay, the Vulture is the vulture let's make them collect let's make them uh work in construction and collect alien tech that happened from the battle of new york and you know what dude you're absolutely right as it should be too as it should be. Yeah. take advantage of the fact that you're in this medium you know don't feel tied to be like okay well if we're gonna do craven it has to be exactly craven where he falls in love with dr mariah crawford and she becomes calypso like, you, you, like relax you understand that you have this whole world already there so let that be your guide like if we do see craven i see no reason at all why he can't connect to wakanda in some way if he's been around africa you know he spent his Mm -hmm. life in africa like tie that in i mean like if you were to do a villain based on the mcu you could do alfred 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 malona's dr otto octavius because we know in the comics he tried to build a renewable energy source Mm -hmm. and who's to say it's so unstable that it almost wiped out and and created a shockwave that would wipe out other universes so spider-man needs to go in there and stop him i just hope right like i hope alfred molina if he's in this movie for real i hope he uses the voice uh, from the cartoon, Spider Man, I am Doctor Fuck Davis. He sounded like Arnold, kind of. <laughs> I, I would love, I would love that. But at the same time, I want Alfred Malona's Malona as Doc Ock, like Molina. Sorry, thank you, Molina as Doc Ock. I think, I think he's got the perfect accent and tone, build, look, flow, feel, everything. I'm actually now based on the formula we've created for Spider-Man's world in the MCU. I'm trying to think of what other villains could be uh, could be a giant factor in it. I mean, Hobgoblin and Green Goblin both played with uh, portal tech that allowed them to access different dimensions. So you could do that. You could finally do a Green Goblin with 
William Defoe experimenting with portal technology. If you want to even base another layer of facts on that, in the cartoon, that story uh, played a big role with the Avengers. And on top of that, we got to see Iron Man. Um, uh, we got to see... Um, what else is there? We got to see uh, a Doctor Strange villains kind of playing in that role too. So you really could do something like that. And it makes sense to have uh, William Defoe return there as well. So there are many ways you could do this and and really take the time, guys. Think about, I'm going to leave that, I'm going to leave that to you guys. Think about what villains could play that role with the portal tech. I like it. Oh, if they, if we get a world where we have Hobgoblin in the MCU, that's like, he's, he's my Mysterio. In, in this situation it's just like really the idea of like i get to see him in live action i never thought i would see the day to see hobgoblin live action i don't like him as much as i like kingpin but he's like right there so oh that would make me very happy so our yeah. our average for no way home then if we split our difference is 219 which ain't too shabby yeah that's that's about right yeah. that's about right all right now it's time speaking of multiverses to get a little mad. <laughs> it's the multiverse of madness. How long, Ryan, is Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness? Oh boy. All right. Well, all right. So we have good old Mr. Sam Ramy back on Team Marvel, which I am super happy about. I could not, could not be happier with Sam Ramy's return to the wonderful world of of marvel but now he's doing the mcu which is just icing on the cake mm -hmm. now in the doctor strange tour story we don't know the villain as much yet um and we have some premise of a story however uh here's the thing apparently wanda or wanda the scarlet witch is going to be in it apparently we might get a bit of spider-man in it apparently um based on intersecting with movies uh now i heard the villain is nightmare is my understanding and baron mordo mm -hmm. so in terms of the stories you can tell you could do some pretty crazy things if he is going into the multiverse of quote unquote madness you could tell fun stories that are played out through Nightmare's power where Doctor Strange fights ridiculous things like death. Like he actually fights death and wins. So there's a lot of weird Doctor Strange battles you can do. He even battles like infinity. Like he battles like the most ridiculous things. Um, so you could tell all these incredible stories. And on top of that, you could also get Mephisto. Um, the Mephisto confirmed could happen mm -hmm. uh, because I, I'm really curious as to why Wanda is playing a role in the multiverse of madness. It seems kind of seems kind of off uh, for a character who's you know kind of doing her own thing, um, and also it's it's just it's kind of weird to bring her into a Doctor Strange story if it if not for it her facing like Mephisto himself, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. If I had to guess how long this movie's going to be based on those facts alone, I'm going to say every movie I've predicted thus far has been pretty high in the two-hour range. But I'm going to say that this one's 
probably going to be on the shorter side because it seems like it seems like a lot of movies will be adding up to this movie. And though I would make it longer, I think it's going to be more succinct and event based as opposed to storytelling based. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think we're going to get a lot of Doctor Strange story here. I think we're going to get a lot of Doctor Strange dealing with things. I think we're going to get a lot of Doctor Strange philosophy as opposed to the character and what the character's goals are. Um, you know, I think that because uh, it the last movie ended with, oh, you may be um, you may be the the master of the mystic arts, but you still have a lot to learn, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So obviously this movie's theme is probably going to be about him learning all the like what the role of the Sorcerer Supreme entails. Yes. Right. So if that's the case, I'm going to say it's going to be heavy, heavily event-based as opposed to storytelling as much. And I'm going to lean on roughly about just around the two-hour mark. I'm going to say probably give it give it a few minutes here and there for some fun stuff. Uh, I'm going to say batting average, two hours and seven minutes. Ooh, 207. Nice, clean 207. It's, okay. It's, it's just, it just doesn't, it again... Infinity War, uh, though it was long, it felt short. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like a short movie. And I really feel like uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is probably going to be about the brown the same. Are you are you talking about, do you mean Endgame? Because I've, I agree. Infinity War, uh, I think, felt longer than it is. And I think Endgame felt shorter than it is. Uh, Endgame was uh, two hours and 40-ish minutes. And Infinity War, I feel like Infinity War was much shorter. In, Endgame was three three oh two, and Infinity War was I think two twenty nine. Infinity War was two twenty nine. Oh. So yeah, I mean minus twenty minutes. Yeah, I know that seems like a lot if you think about film minutes, but mm -hmm. to me, I really think this movie's going to have a, a quicker pace to it. I think that's a good way to look at it, though, man. I think that's. That's very smart. I didn't even think of that. Like the whole idea of it being an event. So all the setup has kind of already happened. That's good. Like mm -hmm. I, all the setup has happened. Yeah. They talked about it in, it started in Endgame. Um, and then it added on to it in Wanda, WandaVision, knowing, knowing that Wanda's going to be in it. Yes. So obviously her story has something to do with that. And then Spider-Man's going to, apparently Doctor Strange is in a, a lot of Spider-Man. So... It just seems to me like a lot of the story building that will need to be added to that story is taken away because those movies will have probably some pieces that we need. Yeah. Like I was, I was trying to think, you know, like what takes the most time and it's usually exposition. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm trying to figure out the, the, probably the biggest exposition scene is going to be, you know, Dr. Strange gets a knock at his door and he opens it and it's Wanda and she's holding the dark, uh, the dark hold. And she's like, Hey, what's this thing? Cause this just caused me a whole lot of trouble. Um, and I was thinking like, where would that fall? Would that be a post credits Spider-Man scene? Cause it doesn't really make sense to put it in Spider-Man, but maybe cause if we're not getting Spider-Man four, then what else are you going to tease? Uh, or like, is it just going to be part of the Doctor Strange story? I, I didn't know really where to go. So I just looked, I'm like, mm. I'm like, okay, what's the first one? The first one gave us a lot. It set up the world. First one is pretty short. It's only an hour 55. Doctor Strange one. And it, exactly. it, it introduced a lot of stuff in an hour 55. Um, now this one has a lot going on too. And it's a team up. But 
you know, it's not like we're getting everything from the first one plus new stuff. Cause I, I don't think we're going back to, Oh God, what's it called? Where, where he trains with the ancient one. What's that city called in the mountains? Uh, uh Oh, um, uh, Kamartage. Kamartage, thank you. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Kamartage. I think we're just going to see him there on Bleecker street with Wong. Um, I do think we'll see Mordo. Uh, you'd be a disservice not to. But from what yeah. I have read, unless I'm wrong, I don't think we're going to see Christine Palmer. I don't think she's showing up in this. Um, I, do, I don't. I have to watch the announcements again, but I don't think so. I, I don't remember her name coming up. Same. So I don't think we're going to see Stephen Strange's normal life very much. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. takes a big chunk of stuff out of the way. Uh, so... I was thinking along the shorter side as well, but for me, the wild card was Mr. Samuel Tiberius Raimi, uh, the man behind the camera, because what is this man going to do? And I feel like with Spider-Man, he kept trying to make bigger and bigger and bigger movies. And he had a Spider-Man 4 in the works, sort of. Like he had it planned and ready to go. There was no like, maybe we'll do four. He was like, yeah, I'd like to do this fourth one. And then things happened. So I feel like this for him is sort of his chance to step back to the plate in superhero baseball and remind people how good he is. So I feel like he's going to take some time. So I went, I I added some time in that regard. And I, what I ended up with is two, it's, it's a two hours, 13 minutes. Ooh. Okay. And I figured, Hey, you know, unlucky number 13, the multiverse, the devil, maybe, that's what we're getting. Mephisto confirmed. Um, so I'm in the same ballpark as you again. And if you do our averages, it averages um, to 210. That's fair. That's that sounds about right. That sounds. I, I'm I'm telling you, I don't I don't see it. I actually, you know, thinking about Mephisto potentially being in it, we may actually get a Ghost Rider cameo in Doctor Strange. Yes, Ghost. we might, and I would love that. Um, so yeah, I think that that is completely in the realm of possibility for it to be that that much longer than Dr. Strange one. Um, in fact, minor spoilers. I don't think any of my guesses, no, none of my guesses are for anything under two hours. All right. I, I feel like I, you know, originally when I thought about this list, I really thought that there could be some possibilities of, it, of movies being shorter, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I really thought about it. I'm like, look, Marvel's got their own platform on Disney plus now. And on top of that, Marvel also, um, is trying to tell these like massive stories now and expand on them later. So it just seems like they have so much breathing room to just do whatever kind of movies and take whatever time they need. Yeah. They, they have, there's no excuse now. The studios can't be like, well, we don't know. Make it shorter. That's my impression of Warner brothers executives. Um, (laughs) They, that fear doesn't exist for Marvel now. So and Kevin Feige is a creative lead. He does what he wants now. And he's got he's got Disney's wallet. So <laughs> it, really it, really, it really does not matter how he does it. It's like, hey, Iger, can I have like $45 million? And Iger's like, you got it, buddy. <laughs> hey, man, you know what? Here's, here's 50. Just yeah. go. <laughs> have fun. Uh, <laughs> all right. Treat yourself something nice. I like that. I like these, uh, these answers so far. All right. Now it's time for the God of Thunder. And love. Ooh. Love and thunder. All right. How 
what is Taika Waititi treating us to, Ryan? Is he treating us to a gargantuan epic? Is he treating us to a quick, breezy adventure or something in between? Oh, man. I honestly think this is going to be an absolutely crazy, crazy movie. Um, based on, I think this rumor was confirmed, uh, which is that Russell Crowe is casted in the movie and he's playing, uh, he's playing Zeus. Yeah, man. Which is, which is opens up the wonderful doors that we might get Hercules, yeah. Marvel's Hercules, uh, which is pretty crazy if that's the case. Now, that being said, we know the villains, the God Butcher. Mm -hmm. uh, Gore the God Butcher, which is going to be played by the very intense Christian Bale. Um, so you also have the story of Thor, Jane Foster becoming Thor, which I'm excited to see Natalie Portman get some justice for that character. I think that character was really lost and nobody knew what to do with it. And now you put, you put her in the hands of Taika Waititi so I'm curious to see what he's going to do with that character. So you have a lot of storytelling you need to cover with this movie. Um, that being said, Thor Ragnarok was perfectly timed. Uh, it wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. It just paced so incredibly well. Um, uh, and so that being said, I don't foresee the movie going longer than... I'm going to say a healthy two hours and 12 minutes. Ooh. Okay. Um, we're very close on this. Oh. Do you, do you think there's going to be a scene where Gore the God Butcher is trying to do something, but then Thor is off in the background and he's distracting him and then Gore the God Butcher gets upset and he's like, I can't be in the scene and concentrate and you're like, la, 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 good for you. <laughs> I think Taika might actually take a wild stab at a joke that re relates to Christian Bale's like intensity. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised because Taika just has that right sense of humor to approach those kind of sensitive topics yeah. um, and, and just having good fun with it. Cause he did it so well with green lantern. Like the, the joke that he does with Ryan Reynolds is so good. Um, and uh uh, when I saw Taika on RuPaul's Drag Race, um, he did this hilarious skit where someone came up to him with his coffee and he just like smacked it out of their hand. He's like, "Why'd you bring this to me?" <laughs> like he just so I, I think he has such a great way of approaching just like like humor that could look bad, but it's fun. Like for him, he can do it in such a fun way. I mean, like look at Jojo Rabbit. Like he yeah. took he took Hitler and just made this fun character of Hitler. And you can't help but laugh and enjoy the portrayal he did because it's just so good. Um, and uh, and even when he talked about casting himself as Hitler, it was it was really funny. I can't even quote it, but it was really good. So to kind of bring it home and kind of the reason why I agree with the kind of time frame here is uh is yeah you got these you got these wonderful stories you got thor jane foster becoming thor but you also have to remember you have valkyrie as well and mm -hmm. valkyrie has a love story and this is what we're kind of getting an understanding for we got zeus in this we got 
and then we have also Thor coming back from as like being a guardian of the galaxy. So there's a lot you kind of got to unravel and unpack in this movie. But that being said, with Ragnarok, he had a lot to unpack in that movie, introducing Hela, getting rid of uh, getting rid of Odin, wrapping up Odin's story, introducing the Grandmaster, bringing in Doctor Strange, while also dealing with Loki's story all at the same time. And on top of that, having the Executioner and doing a Hulk story. Yeah. So you, he had juggled so many stories in that and perfectly wrapped them all up in a neat little package. Um, so I think he can handle it. I think he can do it with perfect timing. In fact, do you, I feel like you're, you're, uh, I feel like, you know, the time for Ragnarok. How long was Ragnarok? Ragnarok was two ten. If you could tell a story like that in two ten, exactly. there's no reason why love and thunder can't be the same. Exactly. And that was like, I felt, I felt like such a tool when I finished. Cause I was looking back at all my answers and I'm like, man, I played it so safe with everything. But everything had a reason for being that safe. Like I didn't listen to my inner child and be like, everything will be 11 hours long and it will be entirely catered to me because this is what I want. Like I, I really, I, I tried to be mature about it. Um, and I, I looked at the Thor movies uh, and the first two were fairly short. They were both under the two hour mark. Um, and then Taika comes along and he made his Thor movie 15 minutes longer than the other ones like he made mm. the biggest Thor movie and the best Thor movie and you're right look at everything he gave us in Ragnarok in, in 210 in a movie that's shorter than Spider-Man Homecoming look at everything he gave to us in that one movie so much a Hulk story uh, not just a Hulk story but a Hulk and Banner story a Valkyrie introduction uh, a Korg introduction the Grandmaster his whole world and then on top of it, Executioner, Hela, and Surtur, and wrapping up Odin, and Doctor Strange. It's like, oh my god. So with Love and Thunder, there's all of that, you know, that fruit basket is still looking mighty full. But I, I pulled the reins back, and I didn't go with my first thought of like, three hours and 45. Like, I was like, okay, what's Taika going to do? He doesn't make huge movies, usually. I think Ragnarok is his longest movie. So... I think they're going to give him carte blanche with this because of how well Ragnarok went. So I think it's going to be longer than Ragnarok, but not much longer. So I went with 214. Ooh. So we are literally two minutes apart, and the difference is right in between us. The average is 213 for Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. Again, it just it's it's the right, it's the right amount of time. It's you said it. You said it best, buddy. I mean, I I love Taika. I love what he did for Thor, and and Love and Thunder is just that epic continuation. And I I really hope there's a there's another there's going to be a third Taika Thor movie, and Same. I have no idea how how he's going to do it. I don't. It doesn't even matter. Thor. Well, Thor technically will be in it, but like I think it'll be. I don't think we'll see Chris Hemsworth's Thor. I think we'll see Jane Foster's Thor. And it will be more circled around her story and then just go that way. Same. I would love a Thor 5. Um, you know, watching Earth's Mightiest Heroes, I was like, you know, they have not touched Enchantress. And I mean, she's pretty cool. I would want them to change her look because she looks just too much like Hela. So I would want them to make her kind of look different. But I think she's a great untapped Thor villain that we haven't really seen at the full potential yet. And I, I want to see Surtur again because I like Surtur. 
so yeah, give me Thor five, absolutely. Um, you mean six? Give me, yeah, give me six, and they're all eleven hours long because. Wait, no, wait. Yeah, you're right. It was five because the Ragnarok was the third one. Yeah. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. yes. yes. So let's come back down to Earth from Asgard, specifically mm-hmm. Wakanda Forever. Yeah, so this movie, oh my God, we uh, we really had a heartfelt on the last one, um, you know. And again, I, I can't imagine, and I will say it once, say it a thousand times, the amount of strength and courage they're showing of just moving on, continuing to do this movie. Oh man! Now that being said, let's really get into the nitty gritty here. Let's talk about what possibly could the Wakanda store. Where could Wakanda go from here? Where could the mantle of Black Panther go from here? Um, this is a tough one. <laughs> now, based on what we know, based on what we know, the only evidence we have right now is that just off the coast of Africa, I think it was, uh, there was an earthquake underwater. So everyone was like, Namor, boom, dropping the dollary dues on Namor. That's gonna to be tough. Um, yeah. So I think, I think, uh, you know, I think that they will either they'll look past, uh, they'll they'll look past trying to do anything explaining anything about Chadwick, uh, you know, or or T'Challa's character. Um, I don't think they're gonna if they do try to explain what happened to him in some way, shape, or form. They are not going to spend a lot of time. Like I'd say, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a nice tribute in some way, shape, or form. But I think it's 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 not going to be long because they don't want to disrespect the actor in any way. Um, so this story, I think, I think this story is definitely going to be surrounding some idea of Namor, um, and some idea of Namor or some sort of enemy that is taking advantage of Wakanda technology. So what we're going to see is uh, what we're going to see is a story about, because the whole last one was about Wakanda technology getting out there um, and, and, uh, and what's happening is, is that we're going to see, I think we're going to see a similar parallel in the sense of like this technology, you know, needed to be shared and resources need to be shared and Wakanda is going to go out and help other people. And I think Atlantis is just going to, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put my, my money down on the Namor side. I'm going to say Atlantis is in trouble and Wakanda is going to help them. Despite Namor not liking surface dwellers. Ooh. Okay. That's interesting. I, I like the Atlantis route, and I think that that's also where they're going to go. Um, I think it's going to play a little bit differently, though, is I think Atlantis is at first going to be, they're going to be the antagonists of this movie. Um, Because I feel like Wakanda, like, because that's really the only plot thread that I feel I know that needs to keep continuing forward is the idea of Wakanda has told the world about themselves and what they're really like. They're not just, you know, a bunch of farmers in a field. It's like, hey, we have a city. We have robot shit. We got all kinds of cool stuff. So now their technology is out in the open. Um, 
we've seen a movie of people trying to steal their vibranium and steal their technology, etc. So what happens when you introduce another society that also has advanced technology, except the Wakandans aren't familiar with it yet. So they've always been at the top of the food chain. And now all of a sudden there's, there's an unknown factor. And I think that makes for the most interesting conflict. And it, it was kind of reinforced, even though I've, I've, you know, I'll say it again, I'm not a huge fan of this title. Um, The title kind of reinforces it because it's going to be about sort of standing behind the idea of Wakanda being what it is and not compromising Mm -hmm. itself uh, against another nation. It's, it's going to be essentially a war of nations between Wakanda and Atlantis. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, But then therein lies the dilemma because see, I, on the other hand, I think that the movie does have some splaining to do when it comes to T'Challa. And I, I mulled over like how they are possibly going to do this. Are we going to get some kind of prologue scene where he's doing something and we just see him in the suit and he he gets killed in action? Like, what are they going to do to to make this work uh, and to be respectful? And uh, even if, you know, even it's just uh, in passing, they say his name, like, you know, just very quickly, even if it's like a Snoke thing in Rise of Skywalker and it's literally that fast, fine. But then you still have to deal with the whole idea of now you are Black Panther and here's why and here's how. And you have to go through your trials and this and that. So that will take time regardless. And then at the end of the day, Ryan Coogler um, does not make short movies. He, uh, you know, Creed was a big, chunky movie and it needed to be. It did not feel like a second was wasted in Creed. Uh, Black Panther 1 was about 215, 216 or something. It was another nice big chunky movie that needed to be. So I think he's going to go bigger for Wakanda Forever. Uh, And I went with 222. Okay. 222 just felt right to me somehow. Um, What was your answer? I didn't write it down yet. Oh, sorry. I I don't even know if I said it, actually. I think I'm going... I'm going to go for, I, I'm going to stick with what I, I ri- had originally written, which is around, uh, sorry, 216. 216, okay. So pretty much around the ballpark, same ballpark as the first movie. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that gives I, us... But like, yeah, I don't see how they can go anywhere outside of Atlantis, except for like, I don't even know how you would explain it if you were to do Doctor Doom. Um, mm-hmm. Which you could, because there are some good stories that Doom is not sort of agreed with Wakanda and certain things, but, um, but there is legit nothing to you. You are literally building from scratch. If you, if you go doom, if you go Namor, at least you have evidence from even the Iron Man two days. Like you have, you have so many little cameos that you can build on um, from there, like Oracle and everything like that. So there is so many things that you can build off of to tell a, uh, atlantis story um heck i'd even love to see namor just like march to the un and be like you know yes you heard that wakanda's a nation and you know now it's i feel like it's my time to show my courage and tell you to stop you know destroying the oceans and all this stuff and and you know a good example of this because marvel and dc usually share similar stories um if you ever watch the justice league cartoon when aquaman goes to the united nations 
I think we're going to get a similar story with uh, with Namor doing the same thing. Yeah, he totally feels like he's going to be a, a Loki kind of villain where he starts off as a villain and then everybody's just going to love him and you know he, he becomes mm-hmm. a hero, which is kind of his comic arc anyway. So I think you could you could also adapt his original story from Fantastic Four and have Namor wash up uh, wash up somehow to um, to Africa and uh, after the supposed earthquakes mm-hmm. and he doesn't remember who he is and and uh, Wakanda goes to investigate because um, uh, what's her name? Give me a second. T'Challa's love interest. Oh, um, Nakia. Nakia. You could have her investigating uh, a story, because that's what she does, right? She's like this kind of like private investigator. You can have her investigating a story in Wakanda where they found like this unusual man, and then she goes to find it out. And then um, slowly they figure out through the movie that he's Namor, and then they have to go figure out what's going on with Atlantis. Yes, I like that. And I think I like it specifically because I feel like I still don't know a whole lot about Nakia and I want to like, she, mm-hmm. she didn't come back for the Avengers movies. We got Okoye again and Shuri again, but Nakia was kind of off doing something else. So I yeah. really want to spend some time with this lady, especially if I think Shuri has to be black Panther because she's part of the Royal, you know, she's, she's the family. She's the worst in the, the comics. She does okay. in the comics. She becomes the black Panther. So, so that, yeah, that makes yeah, the most I, sense. Um, there was rumors there was rumors that she was going to take on the mantle right before before even before the whole chadwick thing was even like because i actually i didn't think even marvel knew yeah marvel didn't know he had uh he had cancer or anything so mm-hmm. i think um no they were they were they were talking about how black panther would pass on or would move on to other characters down down the um, road like after yeah. after to after chadwick's contract like in black panther 9 um yeah so exactly I, that that sounds like it makes a lot of sense then and then you could have this sort of um infighting where you know you have these three figureheads of power now you have nakia shuri mm-hmm. and okoye and you know maybe all three of them disagree throughout this whole movie of what has to be done and it creates this rift and the movie is about them patching up that rift and working together and realizing, you know, yes, we lost T'Challa and that caused this big maelstrom of just like, now we feel lost. We don't know what to do. And it kind of gives them some kind of arc where they're like, yeah, we, we lost this person that we love, but we don't need him to run our country. We are, we are perfectly capable of doing that too. We just have to buckle down and put our heads together and figure this shit out, whatever is going on. So that explains it being called Wakanda forever, because no matter what happens to them, such as a tragedy of the death of their king prematurely, Wakanda will survive. So at least at least it gives the title some some meaning, which is nice. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I I totally want to see Nakia get her due. So I'm all for that. I will also add, uh, upon reflection of the movie title being Wakanda Forever, um, after I was listening to our podcast not too long ago, I would also add that, like, if you want to base it on what the first movie was trying to say about Wakanda, is Wakanda was supposed to be this this nation that hid from people, mm-hmm. and now it's putting itself out there. So I definitely think that's going to be a main 
because it's now it now it's about now it's about the culture of Wakanda and how they can help the world. So it, I definitely think that's why another reason why I definitely think there's going to be something with Atlantis. Yeah. So it, it adds up. Uh, all right. Now it's time for the Marvels. This was hard, man. This was oh yeah real hard. Oh man, yeah. This one, this one's hard, but at the same time, it's going to be interesting because first of all, I can't wait to see uh, Spectre more. I want to see as much Spectre as possible. I think she was a badass character in WandaVision. Um, and seeing her powers in, in full effect was so fun. Mm. Um, and so I, yeah, I mean, in terms of trying to figure out, cause now we have a completely, again, we have a completely new character also coming off of a Disney plus series going into Captain Marvel's second movie, um, which is we have Miss Marvel herself. Uh, so with that in mind, oh man, I have like, I have no idea where they're going to go with the story because there is rumor saying that she's the rogue is going to be one of the antagonists of the movie. Yes. Rumors. I know. This is, this is the same. This is the exact same as those Spider-Man rumors though. Like this is really out there. Um, and I'm going on very little, like so little. Um, and where there's rogue, there's Mephisto inevitably. So, (laughs) yeah <laughs> well when there's rogue there's mystique when there's mystique there's potentially the brotherhood and the whole nine yards mm. um wait are you saying magneto confirmed for the marvels absolutely agreed you heard it here first no no <laughs> no, no no well no i i mean but i wouldn't be surprised if we see avalanche or pyro either oh. right right like um, but I did, I did hear rumors that Rogue may be the antagonist in in the Marvels, and do the do the scene where she like holds on to Captain Marvel too long Aww. and absorbs her power. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I can't remember what the the story for the the original Miss Marvel was at that time. I don't know what her involvement in that story was. This one, yeah, but the other thing is too, I don't know much about Captain Marvel, to be honest with you. So I don't know if it's going to be about the Kree. I don't know if it's going to be just about her living her life or. <sighs> all we do know, all we do know is she said there's a lot of people outside of Earth that need her help. Um, and, and they, and those places don't have the Avengers. Right. So. Is she starting her own group called the Marvels and are they going planet hopping or is she coming back to earth? And there's a threat that's bigger than bigger than earth can handle and, or, or, uh, or it seems like that earth can handle and she, you know, leads the next generation. Um, we did also, you know, I will actually on that very thought pattern, I'm going to interrupt myself and I'm going to say, that we did kind of come up with the theory that maybe Captain Marvel is finally going to teach others because she needs to learn what it takes to be a leader. Yes. Which is what we talked about in not only the Captain Marvel movie, but in the uh, Avengers movies as well. Yeah. She, she's missing that part of herself. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. So how long do you think this leadership story is going to take to tell? I'm actually going to say it's going to be pretty short. 
I, I, I don't think it's going to be, I, I, of course, I think it's above the two hour mark, but I, do, I think it's in terms of Marvel stories. I don't see it being, here's the other thing is that Miss Marvel's story also has to be told over a miniseries. So really it's going to be a Captain Marvel story with the two of them in it, which means I'm going to say probably around, I wouldn't be surprised like two hours and five minutes. Ah, uh-huh. Yeah. Two hours five. I, I just, I just don't, I just don't see it being longer than that. I just, yeah, that adds up. I went short as well, um, because because you got you got two Disney Plus series characters yeah, in one movie. Exactly. Um, I went two oh seven. Um, so I'm right there with you, and I I think again, yeah, like you're right. We we're gonna have her team up with Spectrum and with uh, Miss Marvel. Nia DaCosta, I looked up what her films are like, and they're pretty average. So, you know, she's not one of those directors that makes things really beefy. So mm-hmm. then I was just like, okay, so that, and then it comes down to the plot. What's the story going to be? And I don't know anything about any of these ladies, right? All my knowledge of, of, of these three characters is from what we've met in the MCU. From what I gather about Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, is her whole deal, she just stretches? She's 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 just like elastigirl is that is that it okay yeah that's pretty much it so she can't go to space and fly um i don't even know if if that's something spectrum can do so i don't think this is going to be about the kree and the cosmic stuff which makes sense for a couple of reasons because a we're getting thor and doctor strange and eternals and so and guardians so we're covered cosmically we're good yeah. And yeah. and B, that makes me happy because I think the Kree are kind of boring. I think they are. I don't I don't blame you. I, I don't think they landed the they don't they didn't land the impact of what the Kree could have been. You know what I mean? Like you have you had all the right pieces, you had Ronin, you had Yonrog, you had the Supreme Intelligence, you had everything. You even had the city looking pretty pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um and you had all these pieces in place, but in the end it in my mind it could have been more and if i wanted more then that means there's something wrong with it yeah I, and i don't know they haven't really talked release dates much on disney plus i'm assuming this is coming out before secret invasion but i could be wrong yeah you uh you know you know actually saying that though i think what the problem is with the cree is we don't know their goals mm-hmm. aside from being like we are united and strong. Like we don't know why they they are united and strong, or why why they need to be. Yeah, they just seem like jerks. And I mean, like they 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 told the story. Like you said, they introduced the key players. We spent time with Ronan. We spent time with Yonrog. I think Yonrog's still alive. So if we see him again, I'm okay with that. I don't really yeah. care for the supreme intelligence. Like even if they had gone with the big giant head. I don't think it would have made it any more interesting. Like it just seems like I am a computer. Like it's not an interesting antagonist to me. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know Miss Marvel Kamala Khan. I don't know who the hell she fights. I don't know who her villains are. So I keep coming back to the character that I only learned about a few months ago, which is I think Moonstar, the evil version of Miss Marvel. And I just, yeah. I just keep feeling like that's who I want to see because that feels like somebody she could encounter on Earth. You know, she could have her big battles in the sky, whatever, but she doesn't have to be on another planet to fight Moonstar. 
you could have that cool idea of like, this is, um, you know, she meets her match in terms of power. And in order to learn how to overcome that villain who has as much power as her, she has to learn to be more human. Like we talked about, she has to learn the humanity, how to be a leader. And she learns that from Spectrum and from Kamala. So that's the story I went for. And if, if Moonstar is the villain and if she is as powerful as Carol, I don't know. I don't like, I'm sure I'm going to love Kamala. She seems like a really cool character, but I don't know how much stretching is going to help when it comes to fighting somebody like Moonstar. So yeah. I, I have no idea what path they're going to take. And I, I think it's going to be more of what I feel like we all wanted to see out of this character is more of the down to earth Carol and bringing the humanity back out of her and being like, yeah, let's, uh, you know, I want to see like a bunch of montages in this movie where they're just like having fun and chilling out and <laughs> go, going to movies. Selfies, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like go to like get, cause Carol, you know, she's in kind of the same boat as, as Steve Rogers where she missed some stuff on earth. So like, let's have Monica and Kamala be like, Carol, we're going to take you to see, like, you missed like a bunch of good movies and concerts and be like, Carol, you missed the Phantom Menace. Let's go watch the Phantom. And like, she's like, wow, look at, you know, space isn't really like that. Planets with two suns don't really. And they're like, Carol, it's just a movie. It's like, <laughs> so fun. Um, and yeah. I, I hope that's what we get. I, even though I went with uh, 207, I, I think it's still going to be a light breezy movie. Um, yeah. I just hope it's a light breezy movie on earth. Cause I, I am, as far as I'm concerned, the Cree have nothing for me that would make me want to go back to their home world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. So here's hoping the Marvels turns out as delightful as I hope it does. Uh, and then we got to jump deep down into the world of quantum mania, Ant-Man and the Wasp in quantum mania. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm I am so stoked for this movie. <laughs> oh man. Uh first of all, I recently watched uh Ant-Man 1 all over again and uh it was just everything I wanted and more. Um it was so much fun to watch. This one has to tell a couple of stories. They have to establish Kang, the conqueror. Um and he's he's got a quite the quite the big story. Mm-hmm. I think at the time of this recording, uh, some more Loki footage came out. Um, there's a scene. There's a scene from Loki, and I'm not one to, you know, I know Fantasia don't like to see too much from from the stuff, so I didn't want to share it with you because I figured you didn't probably want to see it. Thank you. That being said, we did see Mephisto some confirmed. more. <laughs> we did see some more of the TVA uh, mm-hmm. in terms of their location and uh, their offices. Um, that being said, definitely saw, I'm pretty sure I saw a Kang poster, like legit Kang himself. So that means that there is potential for telling some of Kang's story in Loki. Um, and if that's true, then that might help ease the time a bit on quantum mania uh that so but you still have to tell the story of how um cassie becomes stature because uh kevin feige did drop that in the thing um but on top of that you also have princess ravana's story if you if you want to tell kang a good kang story which you saw in in earth mighty's heroes Mm -hmm. um and uh, and then talking about timelines and everything, 
So I do think this is still going to be more on the light breezy side because Ant-Man movies are tend to be comedies. They're, they're, they're lighthearted. They're fun. So my guess is roughly around 210. 210. Okay. I have the exact same guess. Oh, what? Yeah. Wow, we did it. We finally, I, the odds of us matching were slim. So I'm, I'm really yeah. that we matched. Um, with this one, I kind of went along the same path as you. I looked at where we need to go, what we need to do. And I looked to another MCU film for inspiration. And that film was Thor Ragnarok. Because with Thor, you had the first two that were under two hours. And then yeah. the gates just, you know, the floodgates open and we got the mesmerizing Ragnarok in our face. So I figured even though we have the same writer director, I think he wrote, I think Peyton List wrote them too. I can't remember, but even though we still have Peyton List, you know, he's back for the third movie. Um, and it's, you know, there was no sort of changing of the guard. They're not trying to change anything and improve. Like, it's not like people hated the Ant-Man movies. I went I'll, like I took it along the same path because Ant-Man 1 and 2 are both under two hours. They're both shorter. Yeah. And I thought, mm-hmm. what if he just wants to end the trilogy, you know, blow the doors off the theaters and go a little bit bigger? Um, so 210 sounded right. And that's also the runtime of Ragnarok. So it, it kind of fit the theme. Um, and yeah, and it just, I feel like the kid gloves are off. You're still going to make a really fun, funny film, but if you are introducing Kang or at least spending a lot of time with Kang, he is, as far as we know, our Thanos for at least phase four. So you, you need some weight to that. It can't be just, you know, him in a chair and then like he turns around and he's like, well, hi. And then that's, it. Yeah. We, 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 need, we need some weight to, to Kang the Conqueror. And, you know, we both watch Lovecraft country that actor talks slowly. So it's not like he's going to be rushing his words too. Kang probably is going to speak slowly. Uh, and I'm assuming that they're going to really want to make him matter impactful because I feel like the Ant-Man movies might get overlooked by casual fans. They might be like, yeah, that one looks not as important. I'll just stick with these big Avengers ones. Cause that's what everybody seems to talk about. But I feel like they're going to want to make casual fans go to an Ant-Man movie by saying, this dude is important. Look at this guy. Look what he's doing. Time travel. This is big. You're going to want to see this. So they're going to give it a gravitas mm-hmm. that I don't think they've given to the Ant-Man movies before. Uh, so 210 felt right. And uh, I heard mm-hmm. a, a rumor today that th- maybe... Maybe when they go down into the quantum realm, they might bump into a certain person whose name rhymes with Schmellow Jacket, who might still be stuck in there. So I don't know. The way he warped, I don't think that he's going to be, if he is discovered, I don't think he's going to be alive. Because his I'm pretty sure his arm shrank first, followed by his legs, and followed by his like torso and then his head. True. Yeah. So I, if he did warp, he ain't he ain't happy. Um, what I will say uh, that I, that I also noticed that's a trend in the story is there's a lot of love stories in Ant Man. Mm-hmm. You have the love between the, a father and a daughter, and 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 the conflict was was the mother was missing, 
The second, and then, and then you have, yeah, so you have the love between a father and daughter because you have the love between uh, Hank and Hope. Uh, and then you have the love between um, uh, Scott and Cassie. Yeah. Then in the second one, uh, it's the between lovers. So it's Hank and um, uh, Janet. And then you have Scott and Hope. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have the love between them. And, and then the villain was a, a father-daughter love story. Right. And as far so, as we know, I don't know if, uh, if they've said if Ghost and Goliath are coming back, have they? They haven't. No, they haven't said if Ghost and Goliath are coming back. But so if that's the case, then this love story could be another. I don't think it will be another father and daughter. I think the villains will be two lovers against two lovers mm. and then cassie will be the daughter that you know who protects the father kind of thing yeah so so yeah i think that that's the kind of story we're going to get with kang yeah and that makes sense because he's got the princess very oh i like that that's a great observation man that sounds cool mm -hmm. all right guardians of the galaxy volume guardians three I definitely think we're going to get Mr. Adam Warlock at this point. It's that you don't leave a cliffhanger on the end of the second one and not do Adam Warlock. Yeah. Um, you might even start him as a villain. Uh, I want to see Quasar. I think Quasar is a very necessary Guardians of the Galaxy character. What did you think of the Guardians being in the cartoon? I liked them. They were in, You showed me that Michael Corvus episode before. I think that was the only one I'd seen before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I liked the way they did it, and they had Warlock and Quasar. Um, I, I think that one of my favorite episodes was my favorite because it felt like an MCU movie and it was, uh, to steal an Ant-Man uh, oh, I love because that it's one. this great Ant-Man story. And then you're adding in the heroes for hire and then you're adding in Scott Lang. Like it was just like, Oh, this is like, uh, this is what I like. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, so with Guardians of the Galaxy, I definitely think Adam Warlock's going to be the big villain. I would not be surprised if they find the remains of, or the lack thereof, of a planet being eaten or destroyed. Because mm. um, I just think Guardians are just going to go out that far and discover a force of nature that is beyond them. Um, that being said, though, that's a bit reaching. I'd say more practically and realistically, it's going to be about Adam Warlock being evil. Um, and I think I think the interesting thing is I don't think we're done with the uh, the gold people whose name escapes me all the time because I can never remember how to pronounce their name. The Sovereign. The Sovereign, thank you. I don't think we're done with them yet because she creates Adam. Adam becomes evil. And... Uh, so the first one, so the first Guardians was about losing his mother mm -hmm. and not having a mother. Uh, and the second one was about his who is his father. So the third one, I think Quill's story is more just coming to himself, like just coming to his own self and moving on, moving on from the past and becoming who he's supposed to be kind of thing. Um, I think we'll get Nova in the third one. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get finally Richard Ryder. Um, so, so to introduce those things, 
Plus, it's James Gunn. I'm still, I'm probably going to lean on the longer side. Not as long as the Eternals, but definitely we're looking at about two hours and 23-ish minutes. Two hours, 23-ish. All right. Plus, it's probably James Gunn's, James Gunn's last Marvel movie. Yes, and I think that was my biggest uh, piece of criteria when I was trying to figure this out. And uh, this was where I kind of let loose a bit and let my inner Andrew come out because I was like, all right, James Gunn's last movie. And I looked at the, I consulted my charts and (laughs) the biggest leap in the entire MCU in length is between Guardians 1 and Guardians 2. I think Guardians 2 is like a full like 22 minutes longer or something like that than Guardians 1. Like it's the biggest difference between two movies in the same category. Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't think he's going to go backwards in terms of length i think he's going to get bigger um yeah it's if it's his if it's not only his last hurrah but his big comeback after you know disney screwed him over it's his big comeback to be like you know i think they're gonna give him that leeway so i looked at what needed to happen and again i i don't know much about adam warlock but i figured he'll come back um i figured they're gonna spend some time with gamora Reacclimatizing herself to everybody because it's a new Gamora. Yeah. So good use of words. Oh, thank you. So I went with a solid 230. Wow, you went 230 on a Guardians? Yeah. Whoo, buddy. I think it's happening. I was being generous with 223. I know. I I'm and I'm so curious. I actually tweeted at James Gunn because I'm so curious how long the suicide squad is going to be because oh, you've got like yeah. 43 characters in that movie. Like I, I am baffled. I don't know what he's going to do with it. So I'm really curious how long that would be. And if I knew that it would have definitely informed my decision for this, but I think mm-hmm. I'm going for two thirty. Call me crazy. I think we'll see even just cameo form. I think we'll see um, Stallone and his people again too. Uh, so I think, uh, Oh, Sakar. Yeah, yeah. Sakar and his, his group of guardians. So I think there's going to be lots of little neat surprises. The guardians movies are packed with stuff and I don't think this will be any exception. So yeah, for sure. If we split the difference, I think that puts us at two twenty seven, I believe two thirty on a guardians. That's, that's, that's bold, buddy. Mm-hmm. That's a bold one. Yeah. I, I think he's going bold. It's volume three. It's it's probably the end. He said. I don't, yeah, but I. To be fair, I do think it's like his last like big big movie. But there because there is that I am Groot, the holiday special. So I don't think he's done on the MCU. But I think he's done like contributing to the main phase arcs, mm-hmm. like just doing some fun offshoot movies here and there. I don't know, but to me, I think I think Guardians is going to be his last hurrah. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a big deal. And then, speaking of big deals, the Fantastic Four. It, this is the part where I would oh I would sing God. the theme song now, but I've never watched the '90s cartoon. So. On an outer space adventure, they got hit by cosmic rays, and the four will change forever in the most fantastic way. No need to. They're here, the power of four. Did, 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 did. Fantastic 
I don't know how whoever came up the lyrics for that, but man, Tay trying to get Fantastic Four to fit in a song is really hard, but they did it. <laughs> um, oh man. Okay, so for, before you give me your real answer, what does Ryan want? What does Ryan? Want? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what my my fellow brother my my fellow brother uh, uh, wants. He wants Mole Man. Mole Man, give him Mole Man. Oh, oh in in terms of runtime, what what <laughs> what, what do you want? Uh, Mole Man would be a lot of fun. Though. A mole man would be a great. Uh, my brother would love Modoc too, and yes. you're not the only one who would want a Modoc. But my brother would want a Modoc. Me, what do I want? With Fantastic Four, I would probably want the Inhumans as my villain because there are some really good stories there with that. That's okay. A, that's a big bite for their first movie. I know, but if they do it right, <sighs> I and I think, and again, this this is pure reaching for the stars, guys. But think about it. Why in the in the end did they backpedal on Inhumans being included in the MCU? Oh yeah, they'll definitely bring them back. No question. But no question. In the first movie, you really think they'll do that? Oh no, we'll see only parts of the Inhumans. I think we'll see Crystal. I think we'll see uh, Gorgon. I think we'll see. Um, oh, what's the other guy? Uh, the one who can like pinpoint like a weakness in something and just Corvac. I, Corvac, Corvac, I think his name is. Okay. Yeah, I think. I think that's his name. I think you, who's the one? Is Crystal the one that Johnny dates? Yes. So maybe we'll see like he'll be on a date um, mm. and you, you know. The people in the back of the theater, as Nick would say, would think, oh, it's a random girl, but it's Crystal. And then that paid yeah. for her stuff. Yeah. But I, okay. But that being said, I think that's a side story. I, yeah. I would love to see the Inhumans. I think that's a side story. But the real question is, my friend, and I'm going to ask you this before I answer your question on how long I think the movie should be. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is going to be an origin story or they're already established with some nods to how it started, like Spider-Man? Oh, God. I um, I want it to not be an origin story. Um, okay. Yeah, and I because it's John Watts, I'll say that he is also like we again just we we've seen that origin story twice now, so I think he he knows that we don't need it anymore. I think he's going to have fun with it though. It's not going to be like with Spider Man where it's like he's explaining it really quickly and that I think mm -hmm. he's going to have some fun with not only how they came to be, but how they came to be in the MCU. Okay. So I am conflicted. First of all, you know what? Here's the thing. You know what I should have said when you're saying, what, do, what does Ryan want? Ryan wants fantastic Four and Dr. Doom mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. You know, now that I really think about it, you got to do Dr. Doom. You got, you got, you gotta. It's just there's so much there. Now, here's the thing. If you don't do an origin story, what I would love to see is them being prisoners in Castle Doom and and they're trying to figure out how to escape. 
and then kind of and then kind of you tell the Fantastic Four story that way, something like that. Uh, otherwise, my money is on a future Foundations movie, and then have Johnny Storm die in the the first the first act, mm-hmm. um, because I just think that I just think that if you're going to do a Fantastic Four movie. I don't think Johnny Storm is going to be a relevant character in the story, especially where MCU's kind of, especially where MCU's at kind of with modern stories and everything. I just think that Johnny Storm isn't really a modern character as much as we want him to be. Um, so if that's the case, my guess is they're probably going to do Future Foundation um and heck like bring in some other fantastic four characters like scott lang she hulk you know like other other characters like that um so yeah so i think the movie is going to be probably as long as the eternals i'm going to go for i'm going to go for length on this one um because because fantastic four needs a good film they need it so i'm going to say a solid 235 2 hours and 35 minutes that makes me happy i it's just there's so much you have to do there heck heck if you're going to do atlantis you don't even have to have namor in the wakanda story you can have him be in the fantastic 4 story and do like the very first fantastic 4 comics mm-hmm. so there's so many ways you can do it um just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, I, I'm very excited the director they chose. I think it was a very calculated move. Yes. It was a perfect move. Um, I don't think we're gonna. I don't. I. I just don't know. I don't know. I want to see Doom as the villain, but there are there are a lot of villains um, that you could do. You could do the Wizard, mm-hmm. who's a fun character, yeah. and he he kind of plays in the Marvel world as a as a good kind of Obadiah stained kind of villain that could play a really strong kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, um, but as a, as a fan who wants a fantastic four movie done, right. You need doom. But the problem is here's the problem. If you do a doom movie, all three doctor, all three fantastic four movies, Dr. Doom's the villain. Yeah. So if I know if I know how Marvel's going to play it, Marvel will allude to him, but I don't think he'll be the main villain. I think that makes sense, man. I think you're right, and it's you know John Watts likes to kind of shoot left of center. So I mean, look, he give yeah. us give us the Vulture. Who was clamoring for the Vulture? That he's like, no, we're yeah. going to make the Vulture work. So I don't think Nick is crazy in in wanting a Mole Man appearance. I think that could be very very possible um it yeah it could be for sure i mean subterranea would be a fun uh fun way to go and and mole man would be a really fun fun villain to do uh that that has some really good storytelling um and it also plays to again some of the earlier comics where you see the rock monster coming out of the ground um so i mean nick might not nick might be the most brilliant person if he nails that guess and gets mole man right out of the gate but i mean you got modok as well modok has just as much reason as mole man uh, but i also love the idea of inhumans because we are entering an age of like power people coming up left right and center so inhumans play a very big role in the history of that so i don't see why you wouldn't do the inhumans and it makes sense evidence-wise based on them backpedaling on and humans being included in the MCU. Right. 
And I think we'll get there. And I think we'll get there with Doom too. But you're right. I feel like they want to save Doom because yeah. there's been two shots at bat with Doom, with uh, Doctor Doom, and oh boy, you were not batting a thousand there. So I think we'll see Victor Von Doom in this movie. Ooh, I don't know. I think we'll see. I think they'll do exactly what they did with the cartoon with the Private War of Doctor Doom, where you only see his like shoulder. Like, you know, like Dr. Claw ah, kind of thing. Like you just see awesome. a, yeah, like you just see a reference of him. That would and it awesome. would kind of play well to like the, that kind of classic villain feel. Yes, exactly. Uh, and he's like, the, oh, get you, get you. Yeah. Like that kind of deep, dark voice. Um, but, uh, or even like throwing a doom bot here or there too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't allude to, don't show Dr. Doom just show evidence that Dr. Doom is existing in the world. Yes, I, I love that. I don't even think of that, making him like a Dr. Claw kind of villain. But you're right, that fits. That fits so well. And when you mentioned Castle Doom, like I'm right there with you because that's where I wanted to go. We've seen the businessman Doom. We've I, I haven't seen the Josh Trank movie yet, but we've seen whatever Doom that is. <laughs> yeah. But we haven't seen... I rule an Eastern European nation and I live in a friggin' castle like Dracula doom. And he has, John Watts is so much fun that I think he's just going to embrace that, which is why I think mole man is not a stretch either. Uh, and I'm imagining that this first movie, just based on what I know about like homecoming and how homecoming looked and what I know about these characters, I just imagine it having just a bright blue color palette. Like it's just beautiful and colorful and cheerful and then in the sequel, you can go a little bit darker and go into the castle and it's stormy and gloomy and scary and lots of green because Doom wears green. So I think you're right on the money with setting up Doom before you tee him off. And mm-hmm. setting him up in that way that you mentioned is way more interesting than just meeting Victor because it gives us that kind of Marvel villain we haven't gotten yet. Uh, yeah. So ooh, I, hope that's, I hope that's the case. Um, I went with a number that just felt right to me. But again, I hope I'm wrong and you're right because yours is longer. I went with 212. It has a lot more ground to cover than Homecoming, but I figured it would probably be around the same as Homecoming because, I I don't know, I just felt like they would kind of start off that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I could be horribly wrong, um, but that's, that's where I landed on the Fantastic Four. Uh, the average between us is math, math, math. Let's see here. You said 235. I said 212. So it's a 30, it's a 23 minute difference between you and me. So I think our average would be right now. There's somebody listening who's really good at math or just averagely good at math. They're already answered. They've already answered. They're like, the answer is blah, blah, blah. Um, I think the average here is 223. <sighs> You know, I'll, t- I'll probably take that. I'll, I'll take that as as the good answer between us. I, I think that's about right. I just think it's going to be more time, more time because not only are you dealing with characters we haven't seen in the MCU yet, but you're dealing with four of them. Yes. And that's why when you said, you know, when we were giddy about possibly seeing the thing in Black Widow, even though that's not the case anymore, I remember thinking like, that makes perfect sense with the team movie start introducing people beforehand. And again, with, with beast showing up in WandaVision, I was like, yeah, why you have like 30 X-Men show us, you know, they don't have to all drop in the same movie. You can kind of space that out a little bit more. 
so I think we will meet at least one of these people before the movie starts. At least one of them. I I want to go agree. I I want to meet. I want to meet one of them before. At least one of them before. Mm-hmm. Who though is the question? Who do you think we would meet before? I think the one who would visually work the best is the thing. Um, it um, you know as soon as he shows up, it's like oh I know where this is going. So and he's my favorite, but uh, that's just me. What about mm. you? My money is on Thing as well because he's he's actually well known amongst many groups. Yeah. Um, he's a very friendly friendly giant. Um, my other bet is Reed. Reed would be my next my next one. But where and when? And I would say the only the only movie I can see happening with uh, Reed is the theme of I know a guy, and it's Reed. Yeah. Yeah. So he, oh man, they, and then to top it all off, there's like, there, there's the idea of just them possibly being from the past. And it's just like, there's so much they could do with this. And we really, it's so far out. We don't even have a release date. Um, and then I, I don't know if you heard this, but I heard last week or something, the, I don't know if she's the showrunner of Falcon and Winter Soldier or the head writer. But she made some kind of statement where she said, you know, when she was working on the show, she was speaking to Kevin Feige about the MCU. And she said that she was shocked. She's like, I am shocked. The world does not even know how many movies Feige has planned. Like, I am shocked that he only told you guys about what he told you. Holy crap. (laughs) I didn't read that. But that's that's. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, he. Okay, this is why I'm not surprised, and I'll tell you why. Because I've been on, I've been on the planning side of things mm-hmm. in in my in my industry, and I will say that. I will say that the the amount of it's like throwing darts on a dartboard, and you like you can sit, you can have so many x amount of darts lined up, but plans change, you drop ideas, like you move on to other things. I think that he could have a giant list of like, these are the stories I want, but easily that list can be edited, changed, erased, you know, added, lost. So yeah, I mean, I agree, but that just gets me so (laughs) excited. I I mean, Feige, keep going, man. Like, like you're not doing anything wrong. Um, Honestly, you're not doing anything wrong. And on top of that, I think at this point too, like, the MCU is so well established going back to coming full circle to our conversation with the cartoons. I, with the MCU so well established at this point, it is its own world. So you don't have to derive, you don't have to pull from the comic books as much anymore to tell a Marvel story in the MCU. Exactly. Uh, It's like we were talking about off the top of the show. It's no longer about like, Oh man, when are they going to adapt? Blah, blah, blah. Um, I think the only thing I'm still saying that about is Secret War, because I think that'd be kind of fun and it's a huge, giant crossover thing. But other than that, it's like they have such a dense world now that they can do pretty much whatever they want. And there's no longer a well to go draw from. Now it's like we have a swimming pool that we built and the water's great. So come on in. On it. it 
you could couldn't have said it better. The only thing that sucks, I will say, is I don't know if we'll ever get Kevin Feige's Phoenix Saga. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, the idea of what is Feige's X-Men story, uh, like the thing about X-Men, you know, those movies were all over the place, but they they hit all the milestones. They they are my favorite non-MCU Marvel franchise because like they really just went for everything. Like, yeah, let's do Days of Future Past. Let's do this. Let's do Phoenix, even though we're not going to do Phoenix very well. Let's do First Class. Let's do Age of Apocalypse. It was just a constant stream of like, here are all the big beats you love. And here they are in live action. So what is he going to do to make it different is just, it's baffling to me. And, you know, are the mutants going to be the same kind of mutants we know? Are, you know, is is Wolverine going to look like Wolverine? Is, is Professor X going to look like Professor X? Personally, I'm really hoping, like, because costumes are so important to me and color is so important to me, I just want that brown and orange Wolverine and then a blue and yellow because why not? Like, I want to see the X-Men in ways we haven't before, but then they have a chance to do things better. They have a chance to learn from mistakes. So I think we will see Phoenix. It's just going to take some time to get there. It's possible for sure. I think if we do, it's definitely going to be more Shi'ar heavy. Like it's going to be yes. very much more alien. Um, I and, and again, I would love to see a proper days of future past. But I think what I would love to see more is if they're going to do like a, I want to say, actually, I'm going to say it wasn't Age of Apocalypse that we saw. I think it was just like an apocalypse story. Um, what I would love to see is the the actual Age of Apocalypse where there's a war going on and and the X-Men are just like on the lose, like mutants are on the like the losing end of that war. Um, so yeah, I would love to see something like that. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I just, I, I know Feige has a lot of movies. Uh, the only issue is, is that only issue I have is, is that certain stories have been done. Um, like, like Galactus and Fantastic Four, you know what I mean? And, and we got a Dr. Doom, but to be fair, you're right. We haven't seen Feige's version of it and Feige could do things we have never expected before. So exactly. I am. I am all for it. Would I love to see that list? 100%. Do I think that list is going to be the same two, two to five years from now? No, I don't think it will be. No, you're probably right. And I think that's for the best. It should adapt. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's going to be all the better for it. <laughs> but I'm so excited. Um, yes. If I have one last question for you tonight, it's how many of our guesses do you think we got right? Uh, I'm going to say we probably got four, right? Ooh, you're confident, sir. I, I think maybe one at most. No, I think we got four, right? I, 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 I applaud you for continuing to be safe and realistic. <laughs> however, my friend, however, I just think that, I think that we're on the right track. I, I think if anything of this conversation, we're on the right track. I really hope you're right about Eternals. Cause if that movie ends up being, over 240 i'm gonna be doing laps around the theater uh i'll be so happy gotta get our stretches in for that movie I let me tell you. 
And there you have it. There's our runtime rundown of phase four, I guess, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What do you guys think? What do you all, what do you think? How long do you think these things are going to be? Are we dummies? Are you like sitting there thinking like Andrew and Ryan are dummies? Every answer they give is wrong. I am a mathematician, so I know for a fact using calculus, I have determined how long quantumania will be. And here's the answer. Please tell us because we don't understand calculus. So we, you, you need to give us a nice flow chart. Let us know. I, I watched Tenet for the first time yesterday. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, the time travel. I think I get it, but it takes some time. So you, you got to make math and physics a little bit easier for me to digest. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining me on this circus of madness, of runtime madness. Um, I, I hope there are other people out there who care about runtimes as much as I do and uh, yeah. get as excited as I do when they're long. Uh, and not like X-Men 3, The Last Stand, which uh, fell a bit south of the old runtime equator in more ways than one. But that has been Infinity Rewatch. Uh, Ryan, where can the good people find you when you're not here guessing movie runtimes? You can always find me at twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada um, doing my gaming and checking out all sorts of cool stuff there. And then, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Crusader Online. And you can find me sometimes on Twitter at Andrew Fantasia, but usually on Instagram and YouTube, the Andrew Fantasia uh, channel, where you can hear me talking about movies and here on the Rebel Scum Podcast Network, where you can hear me talking about the Star Wars, which also could stand to have some longer movies. <laughs> You're listening, Kathleen? You're listening? You know, a three-hour movie is fine. <laughs> it's just fine with me. Um, so... We'll, we'll see what happens there. But anyway, that has been Infinity Rewatch. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Andrew Fantasia. He's Ryan J. Whitehead. Please, for the love of God, have two hours and 45 minutes of a marvelous day.